We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to another episode of The Eight Black Hands. Uh, I'm here with my brothers uh, in this work. We got Ray and we got Sharif. Uh, Chris may be joining us, but if not, it's the six hands right now, but we're going to be rocking. Uh, Ray, you want to say hey to the people real quick? What's up, people? Man, Reef, how you doing, brother? Say hi to the folks. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Good to see everybody. Yeah, man. Ready to dive in. Well, if you can't see nobody. Why not? What are you talking okay. about? Right. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Ray just, Ray, when, it, when there's smoke deficiency in the room, Ray likes to fill the room with smoke. So I don't no know. Reason, that, though. Like, for Ray, no reason, though. Like, for no reason. You can't see nobody. Oh, like, hi, hi, hi. You're right. You can't see Actually, me. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah you're right. <laughs> and it's good to have Ray on an actual microphone. Uh, hopefully, we don't get robot voice from him, but it's all good. So let's just jump right in, because there's this issue and this topic that's happening that actually is close to Ray's heart, and he brought it to all of our attention. There's some stuff brewing in New York around this Irvin Dove schools uh, situation. Ray, can you inform all of us around what's happening? Because I don't know what's going on, brother. Sure. So before before we jump in, we'll talk about Urban Dove. So Urban Dove is a charter school uh, in New York that takes in ninth graders and basically like a credit recovery kind of situation. So they'll get ninth graders that may have not passed eighth grade to come to ninth grade or ninth graders that uh, repeated in the ninth grade. In this particular location that's looking to um, inhabit a Jewish community center uh, in in Brooklyn, in Midwood, Brooklyn, you got 80% African-American student body and a 20% Latino body. So it's 100% black and brown students. And so to set this up, um, the Orthodox Jews and the conservative Jews are kind of in a fight in terms of the location for this school. And so the conservative Jews have thought to rent out their space because of dwindling enrollment and them needing a revenue stream. Whereas the Orthodox Jews are like, hell no, you're not letting these black Negroes come and inhabit our neighborhood. Our neighborhood is safe. Uh, In an article written by Curtis Brodner uh, from the Brooklyner.com, a um, Orthodox Jewish person is Quoted as saying, we have a very safe neighborhood. For instance, yeshiva schools don't need metal detectors. We just live, we just don't live that way around here. And they're bringing that element. Um, And so that's basically the setup, man. They don't want us here. And how they see us is how they see us. So, you know, I want to talk about, I want us to talk about just like the impact of of this and just like how we can't just stand for this. Mm. So, but it's to, uh, let me just get this right. Like, so there are two groups of Jewish people. Uh, one owned a building, and the other one purchased it or rents it or whatever. And they wanted the second group is trying to turn into a charter school and give access to a couple hundred Black and Latino students. Correct. And the original group is like, nah, they can't come here. Right. They can be educated, but they can't be educated here. Does that sound familiar? 
Yeah, that sounds very familiar. Like they, they might as well just, you know, rewind the tapes and go back to 19. Well, it's not like, you know what? I can't even say go backwards, right? Like this stuff happens all around the country, right? Like they, they don't want. And at the same time, they're probably on some other post talking about, you know, the benefits of integration. <laughs> That's not me. They, they like, they don't want the neighborhood. They want schools integrated, but they don't want their neighborhoods integrated. You see that over and over and over again. So Ray, New York. So Ray, where, where, so where did you end up landing on all this stuff, Ray? Like, I know it was something. Uh, when Ray gets passionate about something, I know it feels like he's passionate all the time. I would uh, say Ray man. probably trolled. Well, at least we we can find something that makes right. sense. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like so, <laughs> what? <laughs> when Ray is genuinely passionate about something, I I tend to pay attention. So why is this important, Ray? What 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 is, you know, what I'm saying like. Like, let us know where you stand on this stuff and, and, and kind of what you're trying to see happen. So so the, the mindset behind Urban Dove, I've had to do research about the school now, um, is that it's a, it, and we talked about this before, Charles, it's an athletic-themed school. And so for me, being a scholar-athlete in school, man, that's pretty much what got me out of the hood. Uh, having the ability to play ball and hoop, you know, it, it, you know, it, you know, I was a smart kid as well, but... If I wasn't, then hooping would have gotten me out. And plus, you know, basketball gave me a lot in terms of discipline, in terms of like how I look at the world right. or whatever, right? And so using that discipline from practice and like all, all these other things and whatnot kind of made me into a better student, a scholar athlete, right? And so, you know, prior to that, dude, I, I probably was engaged in a lot of things that, you know, they, they're quoting these kids as being engaged in. Why not? You know, just the, the, the dice rolled on 7 and 11 for me as opposed to rolling on 2, 3, and 12. Gotcha. Right? And so, you know, I just want these kids to have a fair shake. I want them to get a voice for, for this, uh, the superintendent of this school, of the school system, because it's a cluster of schools, uh, to have a voice. Because, like, right now, you know, this person doesn't have a voice at all in terms of, like, you know, a, a, a bite in a battle that's just not a, a winning battle. Well, Ray, you are now Raymond Ankrum of the Eight Black Hands podcast, brother. You should reach out to that person and let's let's try to amplify their voices so they can actually talk about what's going on and what they need from us. I mean, yeah, when I, when I was doing the research that you sent over, um, and thanks for that, uh, Sharif pointed out that you sent. 10, 10 links for us, which is great. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, it would probably help if we read them. But um, but when I was doing the reading and, and the theme, so the curriculum, like you just said, I, I wanted to just kind of talk about that just a little bit more because these schools don't have to all look the same. Education doesn't have to look the same. And when people attack the apparatus of charters or whatever, right? Like I want to see more of us actually using those laws to build schools that look different. So the idea that it's a school that's themed around sports and each young person and all these young people have been left behind in some kind of way. They've struggled. They got held back. They are, they are on a different trajectory or would be without this school each of them get a coach and like the way that they approach the curriculum is kind of in this team theme way. I just think that that's amazing because like you, Ray, I respond to sports and coaching and the discipline that kind of comes with that. Like I had friends, even when I was playing ball, we was, we was knuckleheads doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But if we had to come in and do an early 6am, like or 7am workout, like everybody was there on time. Like everybody was on the line ready to run, even though they hated it. And I just think that 
there's something about the psyche, especially of young black men and some women that are like, that are sports athletes, like that can tap into us in a, in a way that other like forms of discipline don't often do. So it would have just been awesome for them kids to have that. Um, and just to throw it to you, Sharif, I think there is a piece around here around this whole integration desegregation thing that people tend to talk about. That integration word gets thrown around so much and sounds so good until it shows up in your neighborhood or is yes, sir. You yes, got sir. stuff established. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that part a little bit. Listen, man, you know, I'm just reading some of these. The, the thing about it, like, you know, these folks were, they don't care, right? Like they will, they're like, yeah, quote me, <laughs> you know, quote, <laughs> quote my Raise racism. Raise I don't Raise care. It. Like they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm not racist. But let me just spew the most racist nonsense out of my mouth. But I'm not racist, right? Like, you know, these are here's a quote. These aren't just poor students. These are students with serious criminal records. Like, how are you just going to, you know, like talk about these? You, that's not that's not what they're, they're students. They're struggling academically and they're using an intervention to try to get them engaged in school. Right. And but they're the first thing they say is like, oh, you know what? My kids aren't safe now. Our 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 precious white daughters and sons are not safe because there are black students down the street. Mm. That's what this is. So this is all the same stuff, right? It's just packaged a little bit differently, but it's the same nonsense. Yeah, but it's supposed to be ultra conservative uh New York, like where racism doesn't happen, man. Like this is supposed to happen you in like, ultra liberal liberal. Yeah. Fake liberals. I don't even know what that means. Right? Like liberals, you know what I mean? Like they, like like sometimes people use liberal like that means they, you know, folks can't be racist and liberal at the same time. They liberal with their racism. That's what that's what liberal half the time means. Look at Reef coming through at the bars. They liberal with their racism. He 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 want us to make a card of him on that one, brother. We gonna have to do that. <laughs> um, you know, man. I I I think there's a few things that were said that we need to highlight. I think. One, there's this notion of childhood, right? Like being able to be a kid is a privilege for some people that a lot of folks don't be able to that they're not able to get. Exactly. When you're a young person of color or you got a criminal record, I mean, even if you're like a white kid and you get a a criminal record in some places, right? Like people don't look at you as a child anymore. I mean, when we talk about the folks that have been gunned down, right? Like the first thing people go to is not their childhood, not their innocence. They go to, I was afraid. I was fearing for my life. I was scared. I was this. That's a grown man. Demonization, right? The ground in his fist as a weapon, right? Like I was defending myself. And I think that our kids always have to grow up quickly. There's a a rap lyric that I love, but it said, uh, I was born grown and grew down, right? Like, like that's a tough, who was, who, who, who was that? Oh man, it's, it's, I'll send you the song, man. It, it came from a, a old tunnel freestyle from uh, from Eminem, though. But it was um, okay. But basically, it was just. Uh, but I, that always stuck to me because I really super understood that. I understood having like adult responsibilities because of my family situation. And I understood places of authority treating me like a grown ass man, or yes, if I had to deal with the police, I had to know things like a grown ass man versus being able to be like a child, right? And then what happens is, and you see it with rappers, when they get some money, which represents freedom, then they actually start to live out their childhood, which could be detrimental if it's happening in your 20s, R.I.P. Juice World, right? Like R.I.P. Like all these- R.I.P. Juice. You know, like all these folks that are like, been in these situations and now got a little bit of financial freedom and we go and we revert to childhood. I remember 
you know, just listening to what these people said, man, like when I, when I, when I first got a little bit of money, it wasn't even a lot of money, but I got a check, bro. Let me tell I went to the supermarket and bought all the cereals, the name brand cereals. <laughs> yes, sir. I bought all of them. I bought all of them and I opened them all up. Like, you know what I mean? All the things I couldn't do when I was younger. Right. But that's, yeah. but, but I mean, that's funny. And we laughed. Did, did, did it, did they get stale? Like, I mean, no, I ate them all. It was, I was, oh, you ate them all? Oh, okay. I, was, Look at him, yo. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm talking about, this is like in my twenties. Like, this is like when I was I, like, that's why you, I, I figured that. Look, my, my first yeah. check, I mean, I was in college when I got like, you know, I had little jobs and stuff, but I didn't have enough money to like splurge and buy 10 boxes of cereal. But I did. Uh, it was my, like three or four. Uh, okay, it, my it was, bad, because I won it and it wasn't in a bag. It was like in Shout the out to General Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my first uh, check, I bought a, I bought a Cayman. My first refund check, I bought a daggone Cayman. I was in What's love a Cayman, with this. bro? Yeah, well, I Cayman know. is it's like a, it's related to an alligator. It's like you know, it's an alligator just smaller. That, that's what I got. I was in Indiana, Pennsylvania. I was like, you know what? I'm going around to that that store. I'm getting this Cayman. I'm bringing it back to my dorm. That's what I did. You bought cereal. I got a baby alligator. That's what's up, man. bro. I, I guess that's what happens when you when you spent part of your life in Iran and like. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like Sharif is just different. Bro. Bro, I was in the desert. Not, not I wasn't around no marsh with gators and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sharif is different, bro. You just different, man. Uh, but I mean, but yeah, but so so. But anyway, the the what we're seeing is the adultification of like these young people that's trying to actually do the right thing, and all that integration stuff goes out the window. And I just think that that's just really, really interesting, man. That that we talk about that, but like, I think the other thing that 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 I, the other point we want to make is the internet ain't real. Twitter is not a real place. And what I mean by that is people have learned the right things to say on Twitter. I'm not racist. Integration is a good like like there are the buzzwords, but in people's real lives, like mm-hmm. this isn't new. People have tried to keep other folks out of their communities for a long time, and so they're okay with having that stuff out there because they're insulated in their community where they might be seen as a hero. That's why you see certain videos at school board meetings where you see white folks standing up and saying some really like kind of provocative stuff about other people's kids because they're going to be treated pretty well in their community. They're going to be treated treated like heroes. Yeah. They're going to be treated heroic. So, you know, when y'all are saying these people had no shame in these quotes, well, yeah, because that's a community that has insulated them and they feel like they are protecting where they are supposed to be. And, and, and I just think that that goes deeper into this whole integration thing, man. And, um, but this is, I'm, I'm really happy that you brought this to the, to the, to the forefront, Ray. Like, so what you want us to do around it? Bro, so I mean, but here's, here's the deal. Like, you know, you, so now you have these kids that are going to be in a neighborhood where they're not wanted, right? Hostile. And so, yeah, it's definitely going to be a hostile environment for like several different reasons because like, so if you're in a neighborhood where you're not wanted, so then things are going to be magnified. Things that would be like my new are going to be magnified uh, to the upteenth degree because they don't really want those, these kids there anyway. So you might have a kid that throwing something in the trash and whatnot and it misses the trash can and then the next thing you know, hey, magnify that and it's going to be a hate crime. Man, I just, I just, honestly, I just don't know what, what to do in this situation, man, because like, I want these, I want this to be highlighted. So, I mean, the thing about it is you're absolutely right and we see it, it's not unique. Like we see this play out over and over again, but I want to read one more quote. You know, uh, this is a teacher. This is coming from a teacher, this quote right here. It said, those kids, talking about the black and Latino children, it's an unwelcome intrusion. 
right? What? Like he's acting he uh, unwelcome intrusion by these outsiders. He goes on to say they're interlopers. They're not from here. They don't belong here. Like this, he's talking about children. Mm-hmm. He's talking about children but he's rising because he, he don't see them as children. He, he sees does them exactly enemies exactly. of their state, right? Like that, enemies, that whole, you, what did you say, Charles? You said enemies. He's of the an state? enemy of their state. That's what. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, like, we see this over and over again. Like, and so in South Philly, one of the mastery charter schools, and it's better now, but there were children, uh, black, Latino, Asian children going to this school, and it was an old Italian neighborhood. And you would have thought that, you know, they were just straight being invaded by a foreign country. The way that they were talking about the kids, the, the things that they just exaggerated about, just the racist comments that they would make about these children uh, who were just going to school, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like, you know, they're talking about, oh, our kids aren't safe? Nah, these children of color aren't safe. They're the ones that actually need, you know, it's almost like you got to uh, be Ruby Bridges or somebody, you know, the Little Rock Nine, just to come into these daggone neighborhoods. I mean, so, you know, we got to be, I mean, now we are considered journalists by some people. It's interesting, right? You should start getting I don't know about that. Well, I mean, so you know, in the in in the, in the spirit you of that, you feel like a journalism a journalist. Um, at times, um, when I did the Sarah show, definitely feel like a journalist. Um, but I feel like I, an angry father that's taught, that's trying to protect his kids and community. That's what I, I mean. Feel, they could be like journalists no too. Journal. They could be journalists too. But the point that I'm making is, is what I'm saying is, what's the other side of this, right? Like, so what's the counter argument that folks might be hearing and might be having, right? So I'm thinking about, I love Lean On Me, was a good movie or whatnot. Principal Clark locked the doors to keep out the riffraff, the the dope pushers or whatever the case is. And a lot of folks applauded in that movie. I applauded for that movie. I like that movie a lot. Um, Do you think that some people feel that that's what they're doing? Do they feel like, oh, this whole school is nothing but, you know, um, criminals or this or that and the third. And do you think that that's why, you know, this campaign of fear might be working in that neighborhood? And actually, and we don't know if it's working in that neighborhood because I don't know, you know, we only got to hear the most flagrant, quotes from people that are uh, against these people coming here. I didn't there. I'm sure there are some other people that might've felt the opposite way. What do y'all think about that though? I think they lying on kids. So I think, I, I don't think it's like lean on me at all. I think it's, you know, we don't want your children coming in this neighborhood. You make us unsafe. We think your child, uh, your children are criminals and they don't belong. They don't belong in the school. We don't want their school anywhere close to us. Mm-hmm. Bro, so I'm going to read you guys an email. I got forwarded an email by uh, the hardworking ladies of the Empire Charter Consultants, right? Uh, Empire Charter Charter Consultants. You've been shouting them out a lot lately, actually. Yeah, that's yeah bro, I, I rocks with them, man. They 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 make it they make it happen. If your charter school is uh, on the, say real quick who they on are the, on the uh, so Empire Charter Consultants are they're based in New York, and if um, you're rewriting your charter or you need help with enrollment expansion and any of those other things. Uh, if you just want a real good eye to come in and look at your school and give you some good feedback, Empire Charter Consultants, those are the folks that you go to in New York. But anyway, I got an email. I thought they you. all went to you. Well, 
I mean, you know, if you, I mean, hey, <laughs> look at, look at, he's blushing. He's actually blushing. <laughs> I would come to me, but you know, if you don't come to me, go to them. <laughs> it sounds like you're starting a new company, but keep going. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, you should. All right, so, so they received an email, right? And it says, I am enraged that you have called the hardworking people of Midwood, Brooklyn, racist. How ironic that you of all, that you of all people call out people as racist. You built yourself a tiny home in some rural, rustic bukalak. I don't even know. Buka, bu, what? B-U-C-O-L-I-C. I'm struggling with that word, brother. Just keep Bukalik. going. Okay. Bukalik Hamlet of Catskill, New York, where an at-risk nigger boy has never set foot. Nigger boy. Man, I ain't heard that. I haven't heard that in decades. Wow. You live, uh, you live in a lily-white, non-urban enclave, and you call Brooklynites racist. You hate niggers, and that is why you live in some unknown hamlet of Catskill, New York. I only wish that an at-risk nicotine roughed you up one day. That is the dose of medicine that a hypocrite, liberal scumbag like yourself deserves. Wow. Bro, this is crazy. I mean, it, but it's it's real. I mean, listen, man, it's almost like time is folding and the 50s are folding onto like the 2020, right? Like where it's like, wait, what time are we in, right? Like the the boldness that people have in that racism right now is like, I think it's only getting stronger. I think that- Yeah, but why do you think that is though? I think that people have been emboldened in this country at the time yes. in history, right? I think that- yes. when, I mean, when you got Trump on TV saying exactly whatever he yes. wants and there's no punishment, but there's actual praise yes. um, around him just telling it like it is, I think other people see it. And I also think this is some backlash from people being, people over-policing other people's, con- uh, how they speak and stuff like that and the, and the rise of social media. And I think that you're starting to get this subculture of folks that's just like, F that, I'm going to say whatever I want and what I feel uh, because they get to stay in their enclave and they're going to have some support. I don't know if anything's going to ever happen to the person that wrote that email. Not and a damn thing it, is going to happen to that person. So why not say it, right? Why not? Why not I'm going to tell you why not say it. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, yeah, okay, I don't okay. agree with them. What I'm saying right, right. is that's the mindset that people are in. Is like, why would I hold back now? Like, let's right. just kind of let that all out. I mean, here, yeah. here's a, you know, both my parents did once lived in sober house. Well, my, my dad did. My mother lived in a sober house, right? Like, she lived in a rehab. These rehabs for like these women and some of them are like for battered women or whatever, but they tend to be in a bunch of different neighborhoods and you mm-hmm. often don't know where they are and they do mm-hmm. that for safety purposes. Yeah, to keep but, people safe. But I remember like when I was, when my mother was still like in those programs and there was a few places trying to expand and build these houses in other places mm-hmm. and those neighbors, man, like them people, like, I ain't never seen some of these communities ever be organized. That's the most organized I'd ever seen, like some of these communities. And they came together quickly to deny like the the um the permits that, that you needed to 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 build these like spots, right? And what I'm saying is is that when people feel like their livelihood is under attack or they can talk, people talk all this stuff. Nobody's going to ever say, I don't want to see black moms get clean. I don't want to see brown mom, poor moms get clean or have a place to live or whatever the case is. Like those are the right answers that people will give you. But when you like, okay, we're going to put a sober house on the next block. They're like, oh, yeah, you bringing them here? You bringing them Bro. here? Is that what, is that what you're doing? You going to do a family house here? Oh, no, you tripping. Nigga, yeah. nigga, 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 nigga. And danger, 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 danger. All the words that need to pop up in yeah. order to scare the people. And guess yeah. what? Because it ain't just that person, right? Yeah. That, that person that said that 
also was able to get other people to sign that enough to where these type of houses couldn't be built. So why wouldn't that happen in New York in a Jewish community or where black and brown kids with a potential record is going to come regardless if they 15 years but, old? But let's stop saying a potential record because nowhere does it say these are kids who failed a grade. That's an assumption, right? But, but, yeah, what, I'm, like but what I'm saying is even if, if even if that were the case, it's not, right? And, I, and thank you for correcting me. It's not. I'm just saying... I don't care if they did have a record. Even if they did have a record, kids still have an opportunity. They should be able to learn, right? Like, absolutely. They should still have a place where we going Everybody just got to go to squalor. If that's is that what it is, like, and and, gotta, and not only that, like, even even if they had been, or like, you know, I have to remind people sometimes when they start talking about like, you know, oh, you were arrested, so this means what? Like, I was as a teacher, as a professional, I've been in handcuffs four or five times as a teacher and a, princ- and a principal, for no reason. Mm. No reason. Four out of the five times, I wasn't even charged with anything. Right? Like, and so, like, if that happens to me, leaving my school, just driving, right? How many times may that happen to a kid, right? And, and we have to just assume that that didn't even happen anyway. Also, and I think this is something for another show, I really want to talk about that Montgomery County stuff that's happening mm. in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just talking about re, re, uh, redistricting a school where it may become more diverse. And you, it might as well be a black and white photo of people saying, you know, whites have rights to and hell no, busing must go. Like it, they might as well just make it a black. Every photo might as well be black and white because you can't tell. They, they're down there <laughs> booing teenagers you know, a teenage, you know, teenagers just stands up and say like, hey, I, you know, I think diverse school is, is good. These adults, mm. these white people booed this child for even having the audacity. And remember, they're not even saying like, hey, here's the plan to redistrict. They're mm. just having a meeting to talk about redistricting and they lost their minds. Mm-hmm. So Montgomery County, Maryland is sounding, yeah. looking like Montgomery, Alabama. Man, what's the difference, right? <laughs> Ain't no difference. <laughs> I always say, man, if you if you really want to know how another race feels about you, move next door to them. Mm. Because either they're going to bring you a loaf of bread or they're going to bail out. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's <clears throat> I think it's, it's I think this is interesting, man. I, Ray, I, I appreciate you finding this issue. I appreciate you um, bringing this to the forefront. What it. So we have a listener base now that's growing. Thank you all. Like it's it's really growing. Yeah, thanks for the support. Um, Appreciate y'all. So there are some folks that listen to the podcast and want things to do. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, things you want them to do? Is there a place they can send letters or where they can tweet at or um, motivate so, your people, uh, activate your people, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'm going to do uh, after this podcast airs is that I'm going to write a blog. Well, it's already written, but I'll release it after um, after we publish the podcast, giving them giving everybody like next steps in terms of what they can do. So mm-hmm. it'll be in writing. OK, cool, man. Uh, before we transition and, 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 and you know, Get up out of here, man. What are some things that we want to put on other people's radar? Sharif, what you got going on, man? What you need people to to to, to know about, brother? Oh, man. Well, you know what? I'm James Baldwin said teaching black children is a revolutionary act. I'm out here trying to find the rest of these revolutionaries. I'm excited. Went to dinner with five aspiring black male educators. Two were high school seniors. One is uh, just graduated from Lehigh University. 
another one is about to graduate this this spring from uh, University of Pennsylvania. He's a math major. And another brother is a recent graduate from Temple. Man, and just to, to sit wait, around. Wait, 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 wait. We, we, we got to highlight this, man. You got to, you, you, not that any of those other schools aren't important, but you got an Ivy League math grad that wants to teach math? He wants to, this brother wants to teach math, man. That's matter fact, he, he, hey, he was, I got uh, a job for him. You tell no, him. No, I got no, a job no, for no. him. You know what? He's, uh, he, he wants to do a residency, too, because he was a math major, not education major, so he wants to do a residency. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going through Urban Teachers. Okay. Really okay. excited about that. You know, shout out to Urban Residency. Season. Yeah. And um, but it was just really good, man. I just uh we we took them out to dinner, man, just to talk to them to hear about their aspirations, you know, who who else that they knew. And you know, to, to hear them talk as as seniors in high school, as recent graduates, you know, all in the same, you know, the same age bracket, but to talk about, you know what, this is a a, a issue that I am like just passionate about, I want to make a change. I want to educate, you know, um, my students, you know, the brother from Lehigh University, he's a twin. Lehigh is also a really school. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a twin. His brother is actually, his twin brother's in New York teaching. (laughs) And he's going to be in Philly teaching. I was just like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, they're not out there. You can't find them. Um, And then Temple today announced that they're adding 10 uh, seats in their, uh, Temple Education Scholars, their test program, which is dual enrollment. So they'll have 10 more high school students taking college credit education courses at Temple. And I'm, I'm just proud and excited uh, to be doing the work at the Center for Black Educated Development, supporting these aspiring youth and looking forward to um, watching them, watching them shine and helping their community, you know. Hey, Charles, you always run in your mouth and you don't never really get to talk about the things that you're doing, man. But you might be one of the hardest working brothers in education, my guy. Mm-hmm. Tell these folks what you're doing, man. Tell these folks what Energy Converters is up to, man. What, what What's up? Man, I uh, <clears throat> I appreciate that, man. I'm I'm tired right now. I need to actually recharge. Um, it just it's just been a lot going on. But one of the things that I'm probably most proud of is with Dirk Tillerson, State of Black Education is a is a organization is an entity that me, him, Jamoke Hinton Hodge founded in Oakland. And um, it, it was pretty um, powerful. And we got to host our second annual uh, celebrating celebration of black educators. And we got to honor people from our community and really bring them out and go through some data with them around how black folks are actually being treated in Oakland. And uh, it was just really, really powerful. It was a lot of work. Um, and, and shout out to, you know, Jamoke Hinton Hodge for actually having that vision and, and, and Dirk being able to kind of pick that up and, and, and carry it. One of the things we've just been really going hard on, man, is just really understanding that our, while our black graduation numbers may be growing in California, the actual value of that, of that diploma is deplenished because less than 45% of all those young people are even eligible to apply for our, our, our state universities and uh, bringing that to the forefront. And I've said this to charter leaders. I've said this to uh, district leaders. I've, I've said this to people that's supposed to know how big this gap is that didn't know. So what that tells me is that the community that, you know, who is impacting, they don't know. And so our young people, you know, they had us put that data. And so far we've talked to a, in, in front of a 1500 young people so far to talk to them about this so they can be on top of their own stuff. And we trying to get to another thousand. So that's some of the stuff that I've been working on. I do have some other entities that I'm trying to kind of build out something with more of a national view. 
you know, most of y'all know I grew up in Oakland, but I was born in Chicago and lived in Kentucky. And I, and I, I've always wanted to be able to impact all those places. So I just been trying to sit down and actually do some thinking and, and, and get that going. So I might disappear for the next few weeks and just kind of be in a undisclosed location and, and, and just kind of really recharge. But, um, cause I'm running on fumes, but I appreciate that Ray, man. That means a lot. Cause I feel like I'm failing in a lot of stuff. So, uh, appreciate that love. Absolutely. So me, man, I just came back from DR. I just got back into the country maybe like 48 hours ago. And one of the, the best parts of my trip is when my son came up to me, man, and he was like, Dad, I'm, try- I'm tired of fighting it. I was like, what you talking about, son? He's like, man, listen, I'm just like you. I tried like hell to not be like you, but I'm just <laughs> like you. And I'm embracing it. And man, I'm going to be a history teacher. Whoa, that's what's up, man. man that's what's up. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It don't get no better that. than that, man. He's, hey, and then, he, then he, he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, I want to teach at your high school. Yo, that's dope. That's, that's dope. Up. He didn't do nothing wrong right before then, right? He wasn't trying to. Nah, 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 nah. nah. He, <laughs> he like, I, he like, I know this will, this will bring some tears out the corner of my face. Yeah. He's been doing everything wrong since he got back, but nah. <laughs> like, At that point in time, he was on, he was on good ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, good, that's man. that's well, what's up, man. That's well, what's up. You know, help is on the way. Help is on the way. And Ray, man, thank you so much for bringing this topic, man. And thank you all for listening. Uh, reach out. Give us your comments. Let's be in conversation around this stuff. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at 8BlackHands1. Again, on Twitter, that's at 8BlackHands1. Please continue to share the show. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and leave comments. That really helps us with the algorithms. Um, and until we talk to you all next time, man, we hope that y'all have a great week. And take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. It's the 8 Black Hands. Peace. You have been listening to the 8 Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.